You're listening to Martin Wolf's podcast from the Financial Times. Sometimes a picture is worth a thousand words. The one last Wednesday, showing Christopher Dodd, chairman of the US Senate's Banking Committee, flanked by Hank Paulson, Treasury Secretary, and Ben Bernanke, Governor of the Federal Reserve, was such a picture. This showed Mr Bernanke as a performer in a political circus. Mr Dodd even announced Mr Bernanke's policies. The latter had, said Mr Dodd, told him he would use all the tools at his disposal to contain market turmoil and prevent it from damaging the economy. The Fed has its orders, save Main Street and rescue Wall Street. Such panic-driven politicisation is almost certain to lead to both overreaction and the creation of bad precedents. What then would be the right response to this latest scrape that supposedly sophisticated financial markets have fallen into? Policymakers must distinguish two objectives. The first is macroeconomic stability. The second is a sound financial system. These are not the same thing. Policymakers must not only distinguish these objectives, but be seen to do so. The Federal Reserve failed to do this when it issued statements on prospects for the economy and on emergency lending on August the 17th. This unavoidably and undesirably confused the two goals. The statement on the economy was also premature. Everybody knows that the Fed's job is to stabilise the economy and prevent deflation. Everybody knows, too, that the Fed will investigate the economic implications of the crisis in the credit markets at the next meeting of its Open Market Committee. If prospects seem significantly worse, the Fed will, presumably, cut rates. But now a cut looks pre-announced. Monetary policy should not be made on the hoof in this way, except in the direst of circumstances. This brings one to the second objective, ensuring the functioning of the financial system. The question is how to help the system without encouraging even more bad behaviour. This is such an important question because the system has been so crisis-prone. As Larry Summers points out in his column, this is where Fanny and Freddie step in of August the 27th. I think of the underlying game as seek the sucker. Sucker number one is persuaded to borrow too much. Sucker number two is sold the debt created by lending to sucker number one. Sucker number three is the taxpayer who rescues the players who became rich from lending to sucker number one and selling to sucker number two. The most recent game is a particularly creative one. This time the geniuses seem to have created a lemons crisis after the celebrated paper by the Nobel laureate George Akerlof. Consider the market in used cars. Suppose buyers cannot tell the difference between good cars and bad ones, or lemons. They will then offer only an average price for cars. Sellers will withdraw any good cars from the market. This may continue until the market disappears entirely. What is driving this is what economists call asymmetric information. Buyers believe sellers know more about the quality of what they are selling than they themselves do. This seems to be precisely what is now happening to trading in certain classes of security. The crisis is focused in markets in structured credits and associated derivatives. The cause seems to be rampant uncertainty. 
investors have learned from what happened to U.S. subprime mortgages that these securities may be weapons of financial mass destruction, as Warren Buffett warned. With the suckers fled, the markets have frozen. The people who created this kind of stuff distrust both the instruments and their counterparties. This in turn has led to the panic purchases of U.S. Treasury bills, yet the difficulty is not a lack of general liquidity. Several banks have provided that freely. Some would argue that in the case of the Fed, with its half a percentage point cut in the discount rate, provision has been too cheap, and in the case of the European Central Bank, provision has also been too free. Nor is this a general crisis in lending. Credit spreads have not exploded for corporate or emerging market debt. They have merely become a little less unreasonable. Market volatility has increased, but not to extraordinary levels. This then is a crisis in the market for financial lemons. So what should the authorities do about that? My answer is nothing. They should, of course, stand ready to provide liquidity to the market at a penal rate, since insurance should never be free, and also to adjust interest rates to overall macroeconomic conditions. But they should not promote the survival of a market in lemons. This is why I disagree with the suggestion by Willem Bauter and Anne Siebert in the FT's Economist Forum that central banks should now become market makers of last resort. Central banks could do this only if someone regulated not just the soundness of financial institutions as now, but also the properties of all the products these institutions invent. Otherwise, the central banks might be forced to buy what they do not understand. They would instead be offering a commitment to be buyers of last resort in a market for lemons, thereby subsidising the creation of a market in junk. If central banks were to regulate products, however, they would be running the financial institutions themselves. Ours would become a quasi-nationalised financial system. Now, suppose central banks did instead refuse to intervene in the afflicted markets. What would happen? Sellers must then turn lemons into apples, pears, strawberries and all the rest. In other words, they must demonstrate the precise properties of what they are trying to offload. Where they cannot do this they may have to hold securities to maturity. Meanwhile, vulture funds would invest in obtaining requisite knowledge. Losses will also have to be written off. How much of the market in securitized lending would survive this shakeout, I have no idea. But I do not care either. That is for the players to decide after they have realized the consequences of getting it wrong. Burnt children fear the fire. If some of the biggest and most powerful institutions in the world have been playing with fire, they need to feel the burns. It is not the central bank's job to rescue them by creating a market in the incomprehensible. It is their job to preserve the banking system and the health of the economy. Neither seems now to be in grave danger. Decisions made in panic are almost always bad ones. Stick to principles and let the masters of the financial system sort themselves out. They are paid enough to do so, after all. Thank you for listening. To read Martin Wolf's columns online, please go to www.ft.com forward slash wolf.